Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Wherever you find American troops today, you'll find the men of the Transportation Corps. Enough and on time. That's the story we tell you today. The story of the Army Quartermaster Corps. These youthful servicemen are members of the Army's Military Police Corps. One of the most important forces behind the lines. The Army Ordnance Corps. Welcome to the 19th ESC Every Soldier Counts podcast. Once again, I am Sergeant First Class Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC for 19th ESC. And we have a special episode for you today. As you can see, this is a video podcast, our first video podcast. And today we're joined by the Team 19 command team of Brigadier General Stephen Allen and Command Sergeant Major Chad Peters. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here today. It's good to be here. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. And, sir, um, it's hard to believe it was, it was six months ago we did our first episode in January. It's, it seems longer. I don't know why that. We had a, we've had a busy year. But uh, thank you, you. You went along with this crazy idea we had of a podcast, and you su- supported us the whole way. So I just wanted to thank you for that. No, it's, uh, it's definitely caught on. And uh, going to the video piece now will be even one step further uh, to get more people up on the net and uh, get their story out and uh, – get the word out uh, for what Team 19 is doing uh, across the peninsula. Definitely. And, yeah, we, we've always seen this as just kind of a, a new communication tool, and bringing the video part into it is just adding another evolution of it. So, Sergeant Major, uh, this is your first time in the studio. Thanks again. You're, you're relatively new to uh, the team here. You uh, took responsibility um, just about a month and a half ago or so. That's correct. I, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, probably kicking and screaming into the podcast, but I'm excited to get the message out and, and tell soldiers a little bit about who I am. Okay, and let, let's let's start with that, Sergeant Major. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your, yourself and, and and your family? Absolutely. So, first, I, I always start off with I'm a Christian. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm specifically a father of three daughters and a son and a dog. I always, I always tell that it's important because people who have daughters know what I'm talking about. I have a tremendous family, both uh, immediate family and extended family, very, very close family. Um, someone who's tremendously proud of my service to the country. Um, it's been an absolute honor. I've served, you know, multiple rotations overseas, you know, combating our enemies, and as well as an ambassador for the Army uh, with our allies. Um, I'm originally from Southern California, uh, but really, you know, after 20 going on 28 years tomorrow uh home is where the family is and if i'm not with them wherever they are that's where that's where home is well congratulations on your your army anniversary sergeant majors 28 years tomorrow so um what made you want to become a a career soldier like that was there a certain point where you you knew this is you want you were in for the long haul there was but it wasn't honestly you know beyond about 12 or 13 i knew i was going to 20 and when I was about 21, I knew I wanted to stay as long as I possibly could. Um, before that, it was, I'm only in it for a short time. I'm going to get the experiences I can. I want to serve my country, get some education. Uh, but at some point, you, you become part of the profession and completely dedicate yourself to it. And so uh, let's take us back just a little ways to 
Private Peters, did you start out in logistics? Where, where did your Army career begin, Sergeant Major? So I did not start out in logistics. Uh, I, I originally started out in the Signal Corps, but I've never changed my MOS. So I've always been a 94 Echo, which is a communications electronics repair. Um, and the Army actually moved that MOS into the Ordnance Corps around 1998, somewhere around there. Um, and I've never served in a logistics unit until I became a command sergeant major in the 82nd. Um, before that, it was always signal organizations um, from the White House to Joint Communications Unit. Um, Interesting. So the uh, I I know I, when, he, when my ears perked up when you said White House. So was that early in your career? What, what was that like wearing the uniform and, and going to work in the White House, Sergeant Major? So working at the White House wasn't so much about wearing uniforms, actually. It was wearing uh, suits and, and often rust, depending on the type of job we were doing. But it was an absolute honor. I got to serve under President Clinton and then President Bush. I served at you know, a critical time of the nation. I was there during 9-11. I was actually a communications lead at that time. Um, but just a phenomenal opportunity. It's just one of the opportunities that soldiers have throughout their careers if they, you know, apply for it and then are accepted for special assignments like that. Yeah, that, that's actually a, a sore spot in the public affairs community. There's no 46 series slot at the White House Communications Agency. Someday maybe. We'll, we'll see. Someday. So, but, but Sergeant Major, you come to Korea from Kuwait. What can you tell us about your previous assignment? So my previous assignment, I was the command sergeant major of the 401st Army Field Support Brigade, uh, headquartered out of Camp Arif John, Kuwait. Um, really what that organization uh, does is they are the enterprise uh, coordinators for all of logistics for the CENTCOM AOR, from uh, things like logistics uh, augmentation to the Army, for, which is a lot of contract support. Um, they also have the Army preposition stocks that are in the CENTCOM AOR. Um, there's five battalions assigned to that organization, but very diverse battalions and what they do from Afghanistan to Iraq to uh, Qatar and then the Kuwait battalion in, in Kuwait itself. Um, very different from the 19th ESC. Um, you know, the, they're the, the enterprise coordinators for that AOR, whereas 19th ESC is a, you know, a step above that. Uh, we still have the relationship with the Army Field Support Brigade here in Korea. Um, and it, it helps to understand what that, what that monster really is because that's a, a very large, important organization. Um, but, uh, yeah, and the, it's a, to people who have been to Kuwait, it's, it's a different kind of heat, really. <laughs> it is. So I will not complain about the heat in Korea after you know, it's a, you know, arriving in Kuwait in June and it's about 128 degrees and very high humidity, but you know, rain is not coming. And um, soldiers are probably getting used to seeing you running around our AO here. What was what was that like staying and continuing your running hobby in Kuwait? So if you look at my running log, my log for June, July, August is very, very minimal. You know, we got probably down to 30, 40 miles a month which is rare for me. I usually in the nineties for a month of, of running. And uh, what about bef before Kuwait, Sergeant Major? What, 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 where were you before that? So before Kuwait, I was, uh, I was also a brigade Sergeant Major at the 528 Sustained Brigade, which is the Sustained Brigade for 1st Special Forces Command at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. Um, the unique thing about that assignment is that's the only uh, globally looking sustained brigade in the in the army so i got an opportunity to learn about just about every aor uh, 
that there is. We sp I did spend some time in Korea during that assignment. Uh, we have a, a, a small detachment here. Um, never any significant amount of time in Korea, but, you know, TDY is here and there for QTPs and stuff like that. So I imagine you have to be ready for any kind of worldwide mission at the drop of a hat in that kind of brigade. There is. I mean, there's there's that, you know, always leaning forward, and we do the EGs and stuff like that. But the unique thing of, of a brigade like that that is globally looking is that they're already pre-positioned forward. Mm -hmm. So they're already in the fight. So when it starts, they're already got a head start on it. Well, it sounds like you bring a, a lot of uh, diverse experience here to, to Team 19, Sergeant Major. Glad to have you on the team. And uh, we're going to uh, shift a little bit to talking about uh, something that's that's a part of our day-to-day -day life. We talk um, here in Korea and really everywhere now in the Army, the, uh, the COVID fight, uh, something we touched on in our very first podcast. Um, sir, I'm going to shift this to you. What, what can you tell me about what you're telling unit leadership about how we're preventing this, the spread of COVID and getting back to kind of uh, where we were before? Well, <clears throat> from the time I got on the ground, just a little uh, rewind from, uh, from the January one, I showed up in May of last year in, in an HP con Charlie scenario. So while I was in quarantine, it changed to, to Bravo. And uh, what I learned right away after getting out of quarantine uh, was that uh, the team down here was, did extremely well at uh, enforcing the core tenets, uh, USFK core tenets, wearing your mask, uh, using hand sanitizer, doing the cleanliness, uh, and then staying on that, just the, the, uh, uh, the diligence every, every day to be able to enforce that. As uh, we went through the summer, um, things started to get uh, better. And then uh, in August of uh, last year, right around... Uh, Close to coming up on about a year, we went back to Charlie because the numbers started creeping up for a number of positives. <clears throat> and we, we lasted uh, from the middle of August into probably the middle of September and, and then went back into the Bravo area. Again, started to keep the numbers down and uh, through the enforcement turnover personnel. And then we got into the December time frame and right around mid-December, we went back to Charlie. And uh, we stayed in Charlie until first week of February. Uh, and, and again, keeping the numbers down, keeping the, the walls up uh, through enforcement, diligence, uh, social distancing, uh, and we, we came out of that uh, well. And then from that, we've been in Bravo now, but we've added in the, the vaccinations now. Uh, we've added in a, a little bit more uh, uh, leeway in, in what we could do, uh, but now we're finding ourselves in a, another situation where uh, with a with the strain that's out there, being able to double down on our enforcement. Uh, so clearly doing social distancing. We're, we're doing the mask wear again. Um, and people are people are knowing that there, it's still a threat. And so by continuous enforcement of, of just the core tenants uh, to keep our, our, our force safe, our families safe, uh, we're not out of this yet, and so we've we've got to continue to be able to do that, especially with the turnover personnel that we've got coming in, being able to catch them uh, before they even uh, get on the airplane to come over to Korea uh, through their uh, quarantine portion or uh, even modified uh, quarantine that we're allowed to do, but to maintain that testing, maintain the uh, the the rapid antigen testing that we have capability with right now. Uh, and to be able to keep that enforcement going. That's the, that's the only way we're going to be able to survive this uh, and kill that virus over. Definitely. 
And uh, we had our surgeon team on the podcast uh, recently. They were talking about uh, Lieutenant Rainey was talking about the vaccine and just the importance of it. Sergeant Major, when, when you talk with, with soldiers, what, what are you telling them about the, the urgency of, of vaccines and how that, that can help? Honestly, I think that's the only way we're going to get ahead of this is to get, you know, 100% or very close to 100% vaccinated. And there's going to be those exceptions that, that people should not take the vaccine based on what their doctor is telling them. Um, you know, for example, my son, he, he has some challenges, right? So, but he's getting the vaccine actually this Friday. He's scheduled to get his first shot. Um, but we held off on him. He's 15. He's been eligible for, you know, three, six months. But we, we did some homework. We asked our doctors, uh, did a self-evaluation, and we decided that it's safe enough for him as well. We, we feel comfortable with it. I think the United States government has communicated well that it is safe and uh, i mean that's what that's what i tell soldiers just reconsider it you know that's that's the only way we're going to get ahead of this thing and to repeat something the surgeon self said that we have the vaccines available i mean that there are enough for really anyone who wants to get one it's very easy to get so um yeah if you if you want if you need to get the vaccine if you if you're eligible for it, yeah, talk to your unit leadership, talk to your, your medical section uh, t- to get one for you. So with that, we're going to take a little break, but coming back, we're going to talk with CG and Sergeant Major a little bit more about Team 19. So stay with us here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. Phil Merchant here, the Command Safety Director for 19th ESC. Whether you want to call it a hoverboard, electric scooter, or even just the electric bike, it is imperative PTD operators are aware of their surroundings and understand the rules of the road in order to reduce the potential for accidents or endangering pedestrians. Hands-on familiarization has started. Keep your eyes peeled for training announcements or check with your unit leadership or additional duty safety officers. And we're back on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. I'm Sergeant Adam Ross, Public Affairs NCOIC with Team 19. And we're back with Command Sergeant Major Chad Peters and Brigadier General Stephen Allen of Team 19 Command Team. Um, Sergeant Major, how would you describe your leadership style coming here to Team 19? Well, I think my leadership style has probably changed over the years, but coming to Team 19, I try and remain consistent. And the first thing I tell you is uh, I'm an out-front leader. Um, I say that, but I'm also all about building consensus. Um, I show energy and passion, or at least I try to at every occasion when I'm around soldiers or, or our, you know, the rest of our team. I'm big on providing purpose and the reason why we're doing things. So I try and communicate, you know, if the CG's put something out, it's my job to try to communicate that down to the, the lowest level I possibly can. Um, I'm okay with not saying things at, at, at some occasions. Uh, I think it's okay just to sit and listen, especially when things are going well. Um, I have no problem, and I think the CG gives me enough leeway to you know speak up when I need to speak up and say what I need to say. So, um, And what are some goals you're hoping to achieve during your time here, Sergeant Major? So th- some of the goals I, I, I hope to achieve, and I think we're on path on every one of these, um, just trying to make, make things a little better. Um, is, you know, one, I would say establish security. And what I mean by establish security is making it safe to work and to train for for every soldier. And that, that includes our DA civilians and our KNs and our KSC. Um, 
And that, that goes from anything, you know, from traffic safety to killing the virus. But it also gets after our, of how we train and what we train for and what our priorities are. You know, warrior task and battle drills are very big with me. Uh, weapons, uh, crew serve weapons specifically, and getting after uh, sustainment gunnery. Um, and um, we, talk, we talked before about how um, you're, you're big on the holistic approach to um, the soldier health. And can you talk a little bit about that? So... I mean, the holistic health is not my idea. This is something the Army is going to, and I'm just reinforcing what the Army is already doing. Um, if the, the whole concept of holistic health is getting after not only the physical aspects, it's really easy to tell a soldier to do more PT, and that's going to fix everything. Um, and that's not always the case, right? Um, you you got to approach it from a holistic where you're, you're looking at the physical, the spiritual, and the mental aspects, aspect. Um, and some mindfulness in there. Um, a, a good example, if I had 10 days to train a soldier, I would take one of those and talk about diet and nutrition, and I would take another one to talk about uh, sleep, health. Um, and I'd probably take another day and probably just talk about mindfulness and spiritualness, and then I'd focus the other, the other few days on the actual physical aspects and, and some recovery in there as well. So it's got to be that holistic approach to, to, to human performance. Yeah, we're lucky here in, in Area 4 to have a lot of resources at our disposal. Like on Camp Walker, we have the Army Wellness Center. So um, the, a lot of those nutritional things you can, you can learn about. Um, a lot of places don't, you know, aren't, aren't lucky enough to have you know, all the stuff we have here. So definitely take, leaders should take advantage of those. Um, what, what about soldier developments, Sergeant Major? You, you mentioned before how you, you actually earned a degree while you were a Sergeant Major. I did. So I had my bachelor's degree, but I, I went on to earn my master's degree at my first battalion, and I actually completed it during my second battalion. Um, and, it's just, you know, I say that not to brag that I have a degree, that I have a master's degree, but to show that soldiers that it's, it's doable, and it's also expected that you're taking classes and working towards some type of degree. Um, no matter how busy you get, um, I mean, the Army gives us this opportunity. They paid for, for two degrees for myself. Um, and it's made me a better leader. It's made me a more confident person. And it sets the example not only for soldiers, but for my family and my children. So. Yeah, we have um, our, our Ed Center partners recently had a college fair uh, last week on, on Camp Carroll. And uh, I'm, I'm actually going pursuing my master's right now. I know both the Ed Centers on, on Carroll uh, and Henry, extremely helpful. Uh, talk, if anyone has questions about that, go talk. You can talk to Mrs. Kim over at the Ed Center on Camp Henry. Yeah, it's a huge opportunity that you really shouldn't have to pay too much out of pocket for it either if you do it the right way. Yeah, and um, so you just got here, Sergeant Major. What was you, you came from overseas to Korea and then picked up your, your family along the way. What were, what were some of the challenges you, you encountered on that? So I'd say, you know, very challenging, right? A little bit stressful, but every PCS has its challenges. And, you know, you just got to remain calm and work through it. Um, I did have the additional chance of going from overseas to overseas and going to pick up my family back in the States and make that transition over here. I also have an EFMP child, which makes it, which makes it a little bit more difficult. Um, it's just one more hurdle. Uh, it can be done as long as you're reaching out early, you know, to your sponsor and to the command and asking the questions. Um, and hopefully they're giving you, you know, the feedback like I got. Not only did I get the answers to the questions, but I got the points of contact that I needed to to make those connections myself and then work through it directly with the uh, usually the eighth army coordinators that are, you know, uh, that actually facilitate that process. 
Um, that really brings us to, you know, the Army's uh, assignment of choice. That's one of the other initiatives, and I'll just briefly talk about that. But, you know, I think we've done a really good job in the 19th, but I think it can get better with as far as integrating soldiers into our formation better. And it, it starts off with the sponsorship, um, way out as far as we can with every single soldier. We have to make contact with every soldier. I don't care if they're coming from AIT or coming from a brigade command sergeant major position. It should be the same. Um, and then it comes to integration, how we bring them on and, you know, what we teach them in those first 30 days. Because, you know, it's a short tour like this. We have to be focused on how we integrate soldiers so we can get after the utilization directly after that. And, you know, I'm really making an effort with the talent management here as far as assignment utilization and movement during that utilization, why they're here, you know, the inner, inner assignment moves. Um, and then, you know, it goes to the transition and how we transition our soldiers back out of here. And the thing I was talking about is reputation. So you're going to have a reputation when you leave here. You're going to say something about the 19th ESC and Korea in general. What do we want soldiers to go home and say? What is our reputation? And it starts way back with sponsorship because they're going to remember that move that they came here and it was really, really bad. Or it was challenging, but we got through it because we had a team reaching out to us and giving us the right advice and right connection. So that's really one of the things I want to get after while I'm here. And, sir, I know you're, you're – that's a big item on your list too, right? Absolutely. The uh, from the uh, the career assignment of choices, one of the pillars is uh, being able to reach out to the the soldier, their family, early on in the process, uh, making that contact. Make sure we have the right sponsor. Uh, we don't want the sponsor that's going to PCS thirty days before uh, that next soldier is coming in. So uh, assigning that early, and then that follow through piece. Uh, there's social media platforms that you can connect. Uh, so not having the, the phone until you get phone service, we've proven that. Uh, we proved that uh, when, when Commander Sergeant Major Peters was, was coming in. Uh, the only way to connect to is social media, but maintaining that connection with that family that's coming in, understanding uh, their, their needs uh, or desires, uh, and then all the way through from the time they're leaving uh, uh, Conus area to wherever they're going to touch down, whether it's up at Osan or, Cita, or uh, up at Inchon. And then bringing them through uh, through Camp Humphreys and all the way down and, and getting them into the unit. But then also the norms, values that we have in Team 19 uh, to be able to get them fully integrated uh, into their units. And how, how does that go into summer, summer transitions, sir? Right now, uh, unlike last, uh, last summer where the, I'll say the floodgates opened up uh, after 1 July, now it's a little bit more. We know that, we know that there's a, 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 a bubble that's coming in of uh, personnel, but it's a little bit more uh, uh, manageable than uh, last last summer was they were all coming in a short amount of time. Now it's phased out over some time. So there's no reason not to have a, a good sponsor assigned uh, for the enduring process of them bring, bringing them into uh, into the formation and into the, the Area 4 or even up at Camp Humphreys or even Camp, uh, Camp Casey. So keeping... Uh, keeping uh, tabs on that with the units uh understanding you know the numbers that are coming in people that are leaving uh, and keeping that uh, that dialogue open uh versus uh, a fire and forget type uh mentality that's where we gotta we gotta be able to approve the career assignment of choice all the way from the time that they know that they're leaving that they're going to be taken care of uh, when they get to the unit 
Absolutely, sir. And uh, in our G1 episode we did with our G1 teammates a few weeks ago, they, they reminded us that uh, sponsorship is not just for arriving. And you, you can even have a sponsor leaving, too. And that's, that's something that people need to be mindful of with, with everyone coming and going. And, uh, sir, uh, last time um, we, uh, I, w- I was with both of you, we were at speaking at the uh, ambassadors course we have on, on Camp Walker. Um, what can you tell me about the, the continuum of harm, <coughs> something uh, our viewers can see right behind your shoulder here? Well, I brought this in. I've been using this for probably since 2014, 2015 time frame uh, with previous units. And uh, when, I, when I first took over, uh, right after uh, uh, taking command, uh, I was going to bring this in uh, during the shirt first uh, at the time for SARB, uh, and uh, incident happened, so I, I changed that right away and, and brought it in um, within a day or two after taking over. And part of it, it's not, not a chart. Um, the goal is uh, it's a visual pictorial similar to what uh, some other ones look like, but to stay on the left side of the red line, and that's so that uh, you have a, a community, a climate, of dignity and respect where everyone can reach their maximum potential. Soldiers join the Army because they want to they do something different. They want education. They want to go travel. They want to uh, do something uh, uh, bigger than themselves. They don't uh, join the Army to get in, uh, in this type of situation on the, the right of the red line. Uh, and so it's important to be able to uh, uh, explain this to them with talking points down at the lowest level to ensure that when they get to Korea, uh, they know that there's, there's, there's areas that they could easily get into trouble, and this is one of them. Uh, and so the only way to do that is to reinforcement uh, weekly, monthly, daily, uh, end-of-week briefings and have people really understand what this means and walk them through the chart. Uh, so the areas of sexual harassment or sexual assault, you'd be able to clearly have that dialogue in there. I use this. Uh, during uh, our sharp uh, roundtables we do monthly. Uh, we have our Generation Z dialogue uh, that we do part of the sharp roundtable uh, to find out if we're, if, if we're meeting the mark, and they'll tell us. Uh, there was a one, one uh, Gen Z uh, soldier that came, and he had the questions ready for me, uh, aimed at me. And uh, I answered most of them except for one I referred to the lawyer. Uh, but that's the dialogue. We, we've got to be able to have that open um, discussion. Uh, are we doing well? Uh, what do we need to improve it? And uh, I use this during my, uh, any of the counseling that I do for any people that I rate their senior rate and to be able to push that down from the top down. But this is a multi-generational approach to get this down to zero. Um, and that's just, that's it. And it's, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be continuous effort uh, to stamp it out because it's just not the way we're, we're, we're designed. Uh, that's not what we are. And Sergeant Major, how do you think those ambassador classes augment that effort? We, we were, I was, I was there when you were having a dialogue with, with the, the students in that class. What, what was your takeaway from that class? So I would tell you across the board, you know, talking to soldiers and talking to the folks that are facilitating the, the Sharp Ambassadors course because they, the, they get the most feedback. Um, this is a success across the board. I mean, soldiers are excited about going. They want to go to it. They want to be an ambassador for the program. Um, and I think the important thing they get out of this course is right that, that red line like the CG talked about, not crossing the red line, staying in the green, and then showing what behaviors look like in the green uh, on the positive side. You know, what does it look like to have an organization that has dignity and respect? What are the advantages of having that, that organization 
that is respectful, right? It, it drives our readiness. We can train more if we're, if we're focused on, uh, if we're not focused on this stuff on the right side of that line. And that's what soldiers are talking about. You know, I expect, and this is an expectation of every team leader, every squad leader, should be able to sit down with a soldier, have this board up, and have that discussion. And, and it should be a back-and-forth discussion. It shouldn't be just, you know, preaching at them. It should be a discussion of what this means and what, what we do expect of you, not what we don't expect of you. Definitely. And um, to fin- finish up, sir, um, we've had a lot of events this, this summer now that, you know, we had weather's been nice. You know, there's been a lot of things happening around Daegu. What, what can you say about the importance of, of Team 19 staying involved with the, the local Daegu community? Well, first, uh, there's a lot to offer down in the Daegu area. Uh, there's plenty of outdoor activities. There's plenty of uh, uh, things to see and do in this area. And staying connected with the city of Daegu, um, even in a COVID-19 environment, uh, has been has been okay. Uh, the, the the Korea Advisory Council, which we uh, we rely on, members within uh, 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 the Advisory Council that help us determine what we can and can't do and opportunities for our soldiers. Uh, very important for whether it's alt, arts or culture or day trips uh, in conjunction with USAG uh, Daegu, uh, being able to give alternatives um, uh, to our soldiers to be able to get out and see things and do things. Uh, and it, there's there's a lot to do here. The city is uh, very helpful, but they're also very COVID-19 uh, uh, compliant, and they expect that of us. Uh, we've, uh, we stay uh, uh, in constant dialogue. If there's opportunities like uh, going to see the Samsung lines, baseball games, uh, uh, going to see some of the day trips that are out there, uh, there's plenty to do, and, and that's being able to relay that to our, our soldiers and our families, but then also being able to execute safely in a COVID-19 environment. And Sergeant Major, I see you mentioned the Samsung Lions. I was, I was there with you. I saw you brought your, your family to the game. What's been your family's uh, experience here in Daegu since they've been living here with you? I mean, first of all, the people in Korea are, at, you know, they're, they're warm-hearted. They welcome us. They're happy we're here, and that, and that we get that everywhere we go. Um, you know, if you have little children, your children get lots of attention to create. For some <laughs> reason, it seems like the Korean people really like to look at little kids in general and then, you know, uh, cute little kids especially. Um, but it's, it's just been a phenomenal experience. You know, we've done a lot in our short time that we've been here. Like you said, the, the baseball game, we got to do some. Uh, we've been to, you know, the Susong Lake and done the paddle boats out there. We went to... Uh, uh, spark yesterday as a matter of fact and spent you know most of the day there and just there's a lot of opportunities even during a COVID, COVID environment as long as you take the proper precautions and abide by what the Koreans are asking you to do and you know whether it's limits on you know how long you're out or where you go or you know the, the number of people in the crowd or the number of people in your party at a dinner I mean there's lots of things you can do um, with the current restrictions. Definitely. Yeah. And I completely echo what you say about the uh, Korean people. When this is my family's first time in Korea, I had been here before. And when we got our orders, I told them like, wait until you, you meet Koreans, you see what the Korean culture and community is all about. You, you know, you'll feel like you're at home when you're there. But um, I think that's all we're going to do today, gentlemen. Um, thanks again for coming on the podcast. And uh, we'll, we'll do it again sometime. When we, <laughs> if we have something else, we'll find something else to talk about. But I want to thank, again, the command team of 19th ESC, General Allen, Sergeant Major Peters. Thanks again. And listen to us next time. We'll be back again with another episode here on the Every Soldier Counts podcast. 19.